0: Welcome one more time, folks. As always, I'm I'm stoked. I'm I'm just, I I do get excited when I get to do this. I know I say it every time, and I mean it every time. This is just quite an honor. It's a a blessing that I I get this opportunity to share the word of God with my friends. And nothing better than that. Nothing. So, um, let's pray. This is a day that our Lord has made. I pray that we would continue to rejoice and be glad in it. And Lord, we're so thankful for how you blessed us well beyond measure one more time. And I'm just so thankful for my friends, uh, uh, my brothers and sisters in Christ, and that you've seen fit to set aside time just for us. So I pray, Father, as always, that your word would be rightly divided and that eyes, ears, and hearts would be open to receive what you have for each and every one of us, individually and collectively. So we thank you for your grace, we thank you for your mercy, and we thank you for your Holy Spirit. And and I'm just so grateful for the heart that you've given us to love you more. So I thank you, and and tonight, Father, the desire of my heart is to continue to pray for my sisters and brothers that I know are struggling. Uh, I pray for Melody, I pray for Rhett, I pray for David, I pray for... Steve, and uh, I pray for John, and and the other of us have issues also, but these are the ones that the Lord has placed in my heart here and now, so I thank you for that, Father. I thank you for just giving me a servant's heart and then giving me the ability to do nothing about it, so I'm just so grateful how you bless each and every one of us, and I just pray that uh, we would just seek your face at every opportunity, so we give you thanks now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. As our brother was uh, singing there tonight, uh, he said something, um, well, he said a few things, but the thing that stuck out to me more than anything was how you can try and be something that you're not, but your true heart will be revealed in a short period of time. And uh, tonight, Lord willing, uh, let's turn your... uh, Bibles and your apps to Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 37. Uh, I think it's going to be short, but uh, when you get to do this, sometimes uh, going long can be an occupational hazard, and uh, some of us know that very well, no offense. <laughs> so anyway, Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 37. And I titled this uh, particular message, Who is My Neighbor? Who is our neighbor? And, and I know uh, there are some maybe not in this room or in pixel land at this time, but it's something that we struggle with because we sometimes have a mis, uh, misinformation about who our neighbor really is. And as we go through this, hopefully uh, there will be some words of encouragement for me and us that will... Give us a better understanding. So, what is it about? What is it about this parable? And this parable is uh, of the Good Samaritan. It came about as an answer to a question about eternal life. Eternal life. What is that? It, it uh, and again, depending on how we look at it, fleshly speaking, it was not an honest question, but it was a good question. Who is your neighbor? And it says that. Uh, in this context, a certain lawyer, and we 're going to understand that that this the lawyer in this parable was not a part of the judicial system. The lawyer in this case was uh, he was rather an interpreter of the mosaic law, and in that sense, he was a lawyer, but he was an interpreter now th- this person this certain lawyer painted himself into a corner when he started questioning asking the questions that the Lord knew that he knew. This lawyer, uh, he was, uh, again, he was an expert in the Mosaic law. So when the Lord asked in uh, verse 25, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? Now he could very easily say, He could very easily have said, uh, what is written in the law? What have you heard? But he didn't. What have you read? If you're an interpreter, you didn't didn't gain what you know through osmosis. You gain what you know by digging in and allowing these words or these thoughts, these prayers to penetrate your heart. So it's what have you read? What is your reading of it? And Jesus knew this. And this man, this lawyer, was was figured, okay, well, I'm, a, I'm an attorney. I can get around this. I, I know the answers. I know how to, how to phrase things. I know how to respond. So, you know, but got to keep in mind who you're talking to, who you're talking with. And that's the same thing with us. Well, Lord, you, you know my intentions were good. And he says, no, they weren't. And we know better, but it's like, we, we still try and do that, and uh, this is not here in, in what I have here, but I was just thinking about uh, in Genesis, uh, in the book of Genesis, where he asks, uh, where are you? Where are you? And he said, well, I'm right here. I, you, can't you see me? I'm standing right here. No, you're telling me where your body is. I'm asking you, where's your heart? And as the pastor was talking about being who you are, I, I can't help but think about, how we can pretend uh, in that song, a lot of things were going through my head oh yes i 'm the great pretender and 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 that 's what I thought about when I was thinking about this this particular lawyer and he he couldn 't you can 't fool the Lord he knows your heart, he knows your motive, he knows everything about you, so there's no no proverbial pulling the wool over his eyes verse uh, twenty seven so he answered and said. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But this lawyer wanted to justify him, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Now, this is a man, a person who knows the scripture. And he knows very well what that means. Who is your neighbor? He knows who your neighbor is. But he wants to justify himself as we often do. I'm going to ask the question so it'll come right back to me and make me put me in a better light. But again, who are you talking to? Who are you speaking with? You're speaking with the Lord who made the universe. So what do you, you think you're going to snow him? Are you going to say something or do something? He said, wow, I didn't see that coming. He did. You can't fool him. And and we need to be aware of that. And Jesus said to him, you answer rightly, do this and you will live. Does it mean a person can be saved by keeping the law? The answer is no, from, from what we think. But in this case, the answer can be yes. But let me explain. Let's follow through on and it, and, and it's not the hearer of the law, but the doers of the law that are justified. If you say you can keep it, I feel compelled to remind you, just in case you think you can keep the law, let's talk. Because I've been around for centuries, and I've tried it, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work, so you can't, you, we can't. He says it's impossible to be justified by the law uh, because no one can keep the law. And that is so true. That is so true. Sometimes we think that we've skirted around it and we can do these certain things. And as we go along here talking about three life philosophies, and I'm, I'm going to give you the life philosophies and we're going to come back to it uh, at the at the end. Uh, And these parables, this parable represents the philosophies of life. The thief says, what you have is mine. The Levite, which is a member of the Hebrew tribe of Levi, especially at that part of the tribe which provided assistance to the priest in the worship in the Jewish temple. He says, what I have is mine. That's what the Levite says. The priest, who is ordained minister of the Catholic, Orthodox, or Anglican church, having the authority to perform certain rites and administer certain sacraments, says, What I have is mine. What I have, I've earned, and I have a right to consume it on myself. The thief says, What you have is mine. I take, I don't give. The priest and the Levite says, This is mine, and I don't have an obligation to share with anybody. It's not the right heart in either case. And now here's the Samaritan. The Samaritan says, what I have belongs to you. What I have is yours if I can help you. And three different hearts. And as we go through, we're going to try and talk about this and the responsibility biblically of each and every one of these, these people. We we'll talk about the, uh, the Levite, we'll talk about the priest, and we'll talk about the Good Samaritan. So, back to uh, verse 30. Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. First of all, this, this man this, that was traveling, He knew he was in a hostile environment. He knew he was in a a, a land where it was not in his best interest to travel through. So it's almost preconceived that he will be robbed. So when we go into an area where the Lord has not called us, has not given us liberties to go into, there's going to be consequences. And I've had an opportunity to, to... fellowship with some, some people who thought, well, I want to go and street witness. And so why do you want to do that? Well, because my buddies go street witnessing, and, and I, I feel like I can be with them, and I'll be okay. Has the Lord called you to do that? Got to be careful. And this man knew that he was in, in bad territory, yet he proceeded. And sometimes the Lord will call us to do that because we have to learn We have to learn from the things that we do that don't honor him. And he will allow us to do that. So this man, as he's going through, he was robbed and beaten. And and as the other, and it says one verse here, one part of the verse that it says that. And again, I have to be really careful how I interpret this. But it said in verse 31, it says, now by chance. And. I personally don't tr- live by that philosophy. I think that everything that happens, no matter how good or how bad, the Lord is in it. Not a not a coincidence. Not by chance. Again, I have to be careful. It says, "Don't take anything or add it. Take anything away, Add anything, but not by chance." And the, the Lord has already uh, set this up. A certain priest came down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Now, when I see priest, this is someone who's been observed. This is someone who's been chosen. This is someone who's been possibly ordained. I don't know how that religious system works, but I'm just going to say he's probably ordained. And he was issued a bash that says, I am a priest. I'm going to do the right thing as much as humanly possible. But this priest passed by, passed the man by. And when I see that, when I hear that, when I read that, I think about how do you as a person of God allow yourself to not be about your father's business? How do you, How, how doesn't that cause your heart to not feel good? Does that cause you to not feel good? I know it's not about feelings but how do you do that? How does a person do that? How does a person, when a sister or brother says, hey, can you pray with me? Well, you know, why don't you catch me next time? Because the game's coming on in five minutes. So again, how do you do that and live with yourself asleep at night? Because the Lord has called you to a certain purpose. He's, he, you're, you're being called to something higher than you. Someone higher than you. So how do you do that? But this priest was able to do that. And one philosopher said that uh, the priest, as he saw that the man had already been robbed, said, what's the point? That's what he would have done if he had gotten to him first. But in this case, he just passed him by. Okay. now, uh, likewise, a Levite. When he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. I don't want to be exposed to that. I don't, I don't want to be a part of that. I'm just going to mind my own business. So I'm just going to cross the street and not really pay attention to this guy, this person. And again, I ask the same question. You, you are, you've been called to minister to, we've been called to minister to our sisters and our brothers in Christ. Our sisters and brothers, period. And how do you just pass them up? How do you just ignore them when you see that they're, they've suffered misfortune? But again, this was back then. And as I, anytime I get to stand here, I always have to ask myself, where's the life application for this particular ver- uh, scripture? And I can see it. I see it uh, pretty much Daily you know in the environment that i get to be in on a daily basis i see it all the time and it really breaks my heart because i'm naive enough to think that if you consider yourself to be a christian it's not about you it's about others you need to be other centered if you consider yourself to be a christian and you, know, you are willing it says that you're willing to lay your life down for others and in this case it's really not Potentially not life-threatening, but the situations that we get to deal with are even less life-threatening, yet we don't honor the Lord in our actions. We can talk a good game. We can carry our Bible as we cross the street to get away from someone who's in trouble. We can carry our Bible. We can quote scripture as we turn away from those who are asking for prayer. We can do all of these things. You know, We can, we can fake it with the best of them. And I know faking is, is kind of a strong word, but when we are not honoring the Lord, we are not doing, we're not, we're talking the talk, but we're not walking the walk. That doesn't honor the Lord. And his word says, the Lord honor those who honor him. And that's what we need to do. But again, see it way too often. And, and it's just, it's just something that it just stirs up something in me that asks why? Why Why do you even claim to be a Christian if you're not doing the things that a Christian is called to do? Again, none of us are exempt from that. On any given day, all of us, any of us can step off the curb and just do things that we don't believe that we have the potential to do or the heart to do. Uh, and uh, it was possible that this lawyer... Or this interpreter was a Levite and that he squirmed at this point because it touched him in a personal way. Uh, most of us, I would dare to say all of us have been in church at some point And the pastor is talking about a certain area of sin. And we start to squirm because, wait, how did he know that? You know, I was I was dealing with that. And that's what we do. And we think that he's talking to us now. Here's the thing. If he's talking about something and we know that we're not devin in that area of sin, we don't squirm because it doesn't affect us. But when he touches touches on certain things that that we know are us, I'm guilty of that. All of a sudden now we do start to squirm because we feel like he's directing it at me. Oh, yeah. Well, backslider, uh, fornicator whatever. And, and that causes us to feel uneasy. And it should. It should. Now, the thing is to continue to go, to continue to repent. And you'll get to the point where you can sit and listen to most of all the messages without squirming. Because now, once upon a time, I delved in this, but I don't anymore. So it doesn't cause any uneasiness in me. That's where we want to get. But it's a process. And, and again, everybody in this room struggles with something. Everybody. And I can't really say I know about all the personal lives, but the word says there's none good. No, not one. And again, uh, the Lord knows what it is that we deal with. And with these men, they were called to something. They were called to someone higher than us. And yet they don't honor that. And not only that, but if you are externally look like a priest, externally look like a Levite, and then someone who is teetering on being a, becoming a believer, what message are you sending there? And that's why it says, even the perception of evil. Again, For those who feel like they're honoring, they're they're involved in the ministry that the Lord called them to, allow the Lord to just direct your path. But when we continue to waver, when we become double-minded, when we are dealing with a divide at heart, those things are going to be issues for us until we repent. Repent, repent, repent. Repent. Verse uh, 33, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. That good Samaritan had compassion. He stopped and attempted, or he did, he did something about the situation. He gave of his heart, his very heart, in every way. And we can say, well, we don't know if his heart was in it. But I would say the things that he did represented a good heart. The fact that he was able to, he was willing, I should say, to uh, invest his time, invest his money. Verse 34, so he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal. Brought him to an end and took care of him. This is a Samaritan's heart. This is a heart for the Lord. This is the heart that the Lord would like us to display. And not just for show, but to be a sincere, a pure heart. That's how we honor our Lord. Verse 35. And on the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him and whatever more you spend when I come again, I will repay you. Um, at this time, uh, the one denary was uh, roughly 20 cents, which was equivalent to the ordinary weight of a soldier and a day laborer. Just imagine you worked all day for a, a wage and you were willing to spend that wage on someone you, you possibly didn't know. Think about it. Would you be willing to do that today? I just got this amount of money for doing what the Lord has given me the ability to do. But I'm going to spend it on someone else. And the world will call that foolishness. That's crazy. Why would you spend that money on someone you don't know? Or even possibly someone that you know, but still, why would you be willing to do that? Again, because the Lord said so, it's always a good example, a good uh, response. It may not resonate with the world, and it won't resonate with the world. I can say that for certainty. But that's what he's called us to do. If we want to represent him, we have to have a heart like his. And that's what the Lord would do. So this person was able to take care of him and, and... invest money in him and I would say that this person the Samaritan had to be a person of honor a person that could be trusted because he said when I come again I will repay you so the innkeeper trusted this person without a doubt so which of these three do you think were neighbors to him and who uh, who fell among the, this is verse 36. So which of these three do you think was neighbor? He's, uh, Jesus is asking the man of him who fell among the thieves. 37, and he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. And that's what he's calling us to now. That is very, very uh, applicable to each and every one of us. No exceptions. You showed mercy on that person. You prayed with them. You invited them for dinner. You spent time with them. You listened to them, and which is another issue that a lot of us have. Uh, listening has is or has become a lost art. We will find that there's some of us who spend more time talking than we do listening. And in my experience, our experience, what we've seen is the person knows that you're really not concerned about what they're saying. You know, when I got to pray tonight, just thinking about just listening to the people that have spoken about their conditions, condition and just having that ability to listen And it really makes a difference when you know that someone cares. And this this Samaritan cared about this, this person, this man. And so he was willing to do whatever it took to cause him to rest, to have peace within reason. And that's what I ask for us, each and every one of us. Are you honoring the Lord in your words and your deeds? If not, why not? You say you're a Christian, you're a follower of Christ. You're following Christ. He looks back and see you doing you, you crossing the street. He looks back and see you looking over this man for what you think you can get out of the situation. Do you want the person that you're following to look back and see that? Or would you like to see them? Would you like him to see you putting your hands to the plow? And again, this is, this is something that uh, it can be difficult for all of us. There are certain reasons why we, we say that we're not ashamed of the gospel. We say that we have that boldness that it requires to stand up when others are, are against us. We can say that, but are you doing it? Are you living it out? Do you have that heart for Christ? And you ask yourself, Am I like the thief that says, "What you have is mine? I'm a taker, I'm a parasite, possibly? Or are you like the Levite who's been through the observation, ordination and the presentation of a badge? Still, it's all outward. There's no heart involved in this situation. Are you like the Levite? Same. Same, maybe even more so because it mentioned that, that these, uh, these Levites were assistants to the priest. Which leads me to believe, or want to believe, that the, uh, the, the priest had a higher calling. And when I think of even the things that I get to hear today concerning priest. And I may have a misconception of what a priest really does or what a priest really is. But when I think of a priest, I can't help but think of a man of God. And would a man of God pass someone by who is in distress and not want to get involved because it's not his business? You're right. It's not his business. It's our father's business. So dig in. Get your hands dirty as they say? Or are you that Good Samaritan or charitable person who says, What I have is mine? I'm sorry, if you're that Levite that says, What I have is mine, are you that person? I've earned this. I've earned everything that I've gotten. I've earned this reputation. I've earned this respect. I've earned this honor. I've earned this. So I've gone through the motions. I've attained all the things that I want. He's under the law. I've got all the things that I need to get to this point. And that's it. My ticket is punched. So all I'm waiting for is for the Lord to come back and we're out of here. Be careful with that one. Are you that good Samaritan or charitable or helpful person who says what I have belongs to you? What I have is yours if I can help you. Is that us? Is that any of us? And again, um, since our God is not a of person according to the word, he does, he's not concerned about the things that you've done, the motion that you go through to give the impression that you're this godly person. He's not concerned about that. He's concerned about the condition of your heart condition of my heart that's his primary concern he's not about titles and and levels of promotion or whatever you want to call it he's not concerned about any of that and there is now for no condemnation so we don't have to feel guilty we're wrapped in flesh we're prone to wander those things are there, so these things are going to happen. Don't beat yourself up because you don't have it all together. And I challenge you to point out anyone who has it all together at this point. And it's not not a matter of sounding like you're defeated. One thing that he's given us, I could say two things. He's given us a hope and he's given us a future. And you and I, have an opportunity to go through this process and get it right. And that's my prayer. That's our prayer, that we would always be conscious of the fact that we want to get it right. And for those who are struggling, whether it be physically, I know there are some among us tonight who are experiencing a good, a good report, a good testimony from things that are good that are happening in the family. God bless them. But there are some of us who are struggling with physical ailments, minor afflictions, The Lord's got it. And this morning, as uh, the pastor was teaching, uh, another thing that stuck in my head was these are dark times. And no one in this room is surprised by that. But keep in mind, the light shines better the darker it is. So I, I, I pray for each and every one of us that we would be that light we would not bring the basket down over us. That we would continue to let our light shine no matter who, no matter where, no matter when, no matter how. Let your light so shine. So we got a shot. We got a shot at getting this right. But it's a process. The thing I have to challenge us don't compare ourselves to anyone except Jesus. Don't. Don't. Because what we have, we have a tendency to do is compare ourselves down. Compare yourself up. Lord, I want to be like Jesus in my heart where it really matters. So for those of us who are going through the motions, don't feel defeated. Not at all. He's always with us. There's always hope. You've got a chance, a great chance. Continue to honor him, and he's already guaranteed us that he, w- he would honor us. So let's continue to pray for one another. Guys, this is going to be an early night. I don't think anybody's going to be too disappointed, but that's, that's what I got for us. Uh, so again, uh, stay faithful. Stay faithful. Stay encouraged. Stay prayed up. Pray. 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 And when you're done, go back and start over again. Pray without ceasing. Father, we're just so thankful for uh, your word, (laughs) how you just blessed us well beyond measure. And I just thank you for my sisters and brothers, their willingness to come out tonight. And uh, I just pray that... uh, if there's anyone among us who does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that tonight will be the night that they will come running and say, what must I do to be saved? And our desire is, is that we discourage them from being like that, uh, that certain lawyer. Uh, be more like uh, Nicodemus, Father, just uh, being open to understand that, you know, even though we may have the credentials, there's still things that we need to learn. There's still growth to be done. And I'm just so thankful, Father, for uh, just how you just love us in spite of ourselves. So we give you praise and honor for all that you've done. We're just uh, so thankful for what you're doing. And we look forward with anticipation to what you're going to do. May you receive the glory of every word that we do and every deed that we, we speak of or get our involved in, Father, from this day forth and forevermore. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.